boy, it's been a while since I went for a swim. Would you folks say it's time for a deep dive? I think it's a great time for a deep dive. So let's deep dive into the deep dive, shall we? Only if we're going to talk about getting down on the water with some pirates. Maybe. All right. <laughs> so, Greg, if you want to be an unwilling accomplice to it, go ahead and join on in with us. As today, gentlemen. Today. Today we go into the long story of long-term gaming. Um, kind of uh, from talking about World of Warcraft all the way up till technically right now, Destiny 2. Um, a lot of things have changed. A lot of things are constantly changing. Um, but just the fact that games have now come to a spot where they can be released, still maintained, updated, and kind of treated as a growing object. Very much so. In, in this day and age. so It's no longer the time when a game would come out and that would be it. The game, once you beat the game, that was it. It was done. You moved on to the next one. These games continue for long periods of times with many, many updates and a wonderful, usually, uh, player base. Yeah, and it, it's not, so it's a lot different than like just like expansion packs like right, Fallout and right. um, things of that nature kind of had a lot of just like expansion packs D, uh, before they were DLCs. Yeah, before DLC was what it is. Right. So we're going to just dive into some of these and just kind of explain the the progression on that. And it, it really, as far as mainstream usage, and Greg, I know you have a little bit of experience with these types of games, but there was like Elder Scrolls Online. There was World of Warcraft, which is, Jesus, still going strong today. I mean, RuneScape helped. Well, I think the... The history of the MMO goes way, way, way back. Um, and I think the appeal to them is that it's another living community of people like you. They are places where you have, you know, like, uh, you know, wants and needs and um, things that you enjoy. And, and so Ultima was definitely one of the first, first, really, really, really big ones. There were, there were many before that, but... Um, Ultima was really big in the 80s and 90s and really, you know, started to delve into the concepts of like morality, you know, the choices yep. that you make and that. And, and so that was one of the really early seeds of morality in games. But it also was one of the ones later in the series where you got to, you know, uh, bake bread by gathering water and then getting dough and that kind of thing. They implemented a crafting system. Right. It, it's it's sort of the predecessor to what I like to call those living MMOs, where it's crafting a world in which you live in. You're not just completing objectives, but you are gathering ingredients. You are All those little things that we sort of take for granted now as little mini side quests. The filler, if you yeah, will. Were really important back then. Um, and <clears throat> so Ultima Online, uh, which was... I think late nineties um, was again, a, a, you know, a sandbox where you could have RPG adventures. You could do PVP um, all with a ton of uh, a ton of people. Um, and so it's really, 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 really cool. The thing was, is that everything kind of changed um, because up until then, up until like the mid to late 90s, people were paying an hourly fee for being online. So you really couldn't, you know. It, it, got, it got expensive. Yeah, you were kind of limited by your wallet. And then AOL came out. And now everybody had the internet. Right. It was sort of the, it was that, that big unlimited access for however much a month, 10, 20 bucks a month. And now all of a sudden, the initial 
price barrier for enjoying these online games is no longer there. Right. Which is huge. And it also gave, you know, other companies were like, okay, now that we've got this chance to come in, let's, let's get into this market. And that's where EverQuest came. And EverQuest was really big in the late 90s. Um, and it was, um, you know, something that really laid down the foundation for World of Warcraft that would come, you know, five years later. Um, and it's something that, you know, sort of took the inventory system and the RPG elements and, uh, you know, added more to it. Um, but essentially, EverQuest really kicks off a, just a slew of MMOs that come out. Like, uh, do you remember City Heroes and City of Villains? That was out for a very short time um, in the mid-2000s. Was City that. of Heroes the one where you could, it was just... Uh you could make your own superhero. Yep. You're going around the city. And City of Villains, if I recall, wasn't nearly as popular. No, but City of Heroes was super popular. And we were really bummed when it went offline because I used to play that. But um, you you had a lot of like RuneScape, EverQuest 2, Lord of the Rings. RuneScape uh, a lot. Lord of the Rings Online came out just after, a few years after the, the third movie um, came out. Guild Wars 1 and 2. Um, and, it's, and so what happened is that you have this copycat syndrome is that they're all the same. Just reskins of what's yeah. already there. There's sort of it's, again it's everybody capitalizing as you're seeing nowadays. Right. It's a it's idea. a it's a repeating trend that happens where something will catch on and everybody starts to do it. Their own little version, it all is effectively the same thing. Happens in every generation of gaming where the new hot uh, uh, genre is prevalent in every developer. It happens all the time. Right. And so what happened was is that people got really sick with the whole, you know, just kind of going out and doing whatever you want. and Grindy. It got real grindy. Well, well, it wasn't even that. It was just sort of, they instead of becoming living communities where people just kind of hung out and did stuff, um, you know, and, and crafted stuff and created stuff, people then wanted more direction. And then so games started going in and put doing the quests and before you can advance, you have to go do this and kill this monster and do that and, and sort of doing those and everything. Right. Um, and so most of the time, you know, so that started to shift and um, also at the same time, you're seeing things like Star Wars galaxies is coming out again, right around the same time. But the nice, the cool thing about Star Wars galaxies is their real breadth of professions. Star Wars Galaxies, you could be so many, you could be dozens of different types of professions when it yep. came to being a scout or an engineer or, or that kind of thing. Um, and so, for example, like there was, if you wanted a haircut in Star Wars Galaxy, you had to go find a player um, that, that was had a hairdresser. The, yeah, that was the the your image designer, your change, uh, and they you had to go you know hire them, and you know the more skill that person had, the more options you could have for that. Uh, and that had a a pretty solid. Uh, player-driven economy as well with, with a game like that. Well, I mean, the, the inter-game economy blew up. It was very rough at the beginning, but you had players forming governments. Um, you had this game economy that started to shift because the people that were involved in playing it made it. Um, there were supply chains. I mean, you're talking about, you know, people opening up shops of custom-crafted gear. Um, and so... There were, you know, you also had, you know, mafias and guilds. I mean, it oh, became yeah. sort of the Wild West online. The golden years of the early MMO days. Right. And so you had, you had some of these players that were, that were really famous and were max level 
great stuff, great equipment, and didn't kill a single thing in the game because they're just running this whole web of people right. that are going out they and just, doing stuff. They just network their way to the top of this player pyramid and everything funnels up to them. Right. Um, and so that that kind of... I mean, th- so they did put out, you know, uh, a, a, a few different expansions. A few years later, they put one, you know, on a, about uh, Obi-Wan. Um, but what happened was is that it just kind of fizzled out. Um, and then you have other things at the same time were like EVE Online. EVE Online was the very first MMO I ever played, um, which is really, really cool. Um, and again, similar with factions and schemes, um, you know, if you want something, you have to go get the, you know, if you want a gun, you have to go get the stuff for it. Um, and Eve online, by the way, still absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. Is it? It's 17 years later. It is still huge. Wow. Like it, uh, people damn near have straight up jobs just in the game. It, yeah. Really? You can, you can buy and sell stuff. There was a. There was a corporate coup that happened a while ago. Oh, really? Like against <laughs> other actual people. Like, yep, it's insane. If you ever want to see like where the MMORPG has gone and what people have been able to do with it, look into Eve Online. Take a quick glance at Star Citizen, but mostly just <laughs> look at Eve Online because it exists, and Star Citizen's a myth at best. So um, th- these things are kind of muddling along for a while, and then World of Warcraft comes. And really shook the whole game up. Well, you're looking at, I mean, at that point, you're looking at things like RuneScape, which, um, you know, at that point had probably three quarters of a million subscribers. I was one of them. I I loved RuneScape back Um, in the day. Same. And in the time it took for RuneScape to get from like a quarter of a million to three quarters of a million subscribers, World of Warcraft went from a quarter of a million to 10 million. Like that. Yeah. Within, within, Four years, right? Um, and I mean, changed everything. Not only, and the big thing was its look. I mean, it looked good. And yeah, it, it still did. looks, still looks good. The same for for <laughs> the game. I mean, yes, it does. It does pretty much look the same. But the for for what it was at the time. I mean, you look at you look. Oh, geez, uh, <laughs> you look at um, RuneScape back in the day right. and the graphics that they had. Everything was kind of. It was shaped, but it was not defined Ooh. at all. Calling it shaped is really being generous. Well, there were shapes. There's a lot of poly. There's a lot of triangles. Low poly is really what it yeah. was. Um, but World of Warcraft really kind of tried to define everything and give it a more angular. You could really get some sharpness out of the characters and right. take it with a grain of salt. It was still really early on in graphic development, but true. But their big thing was they made it look bubbly and friendly and colorful and polished. Right. A lot of those early ones, you know, with uh, things like Eve Online and Star Wars Galaxies and Age of Camelot, they were rough. Real rough. They were buggy for years. You weren't playing that for the looks. <laughs> right. And so World of Warcraft comes out. It's clean. It's pretty. But not only that, it's now opening up for a new generation of players because that beginning is so guided. It's guiding you through. It's teaching you how to battle. It's teaching you how to gather stuff. It's sort of giving you that walkthrough of the basic systems of an MMO. And, you know, you have a sequence. You have quest and then quest and then quest and then level up. And you're not just walking around. You have a purpose for everything. Right. Um, And so they also 
benefited a lot from they had a great marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. South Park picked it up yeah. in the, in the yes. episode. Um, and so it's it's sort of really changed the way and opened up to a new market. You know things that that you know you've that you see now. Um, but at the time, one that you may not have heard of that happened at the same time was Dungeon Fighter Online, which came out from Korea, and it actually is one of the highest grossing video games of all time, having grossed over $13 billion in revenue. How long has it been around? And it had more than 600 million registered users. Holy crap. What is this game? I've never even heard of this. Exactly. Um, So you talk about, you know, a lot of people talk about World of Warcraft, but there were a lot of of development of these MMOs in Asia. A ton of Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that that makes sense in how... World of Warcraft, they really capitalized on the fact that people loved the Warcraft games, people loved the StarCraft games. Now you're just getting them into that kind of that realm. And StarCraft, I'm pretty sure, is still fucking massive in a lot of Asian countries. Like, to the point where that's where people just, they work a job and they spend their money at internet cafes. To play that game. Just to play StarCraft. Right. Um, or that might be a really dated reference. I don't know. <laughs> it's um, possible. Yeah, I'd never heard of Dungeon Fighter. Neither have I. Um, yeah, Dungeon Fighter, they also had Lineage, which was in the late 90s, which um, Lineage was huge as well. Um, it had more than Ultima Online, EverQuest, and Lineage combined. Uh, it was a really, you know, really big one. Um, and so Korea really was a big place where, you know, it became, you know, really big. Well, it, it, StarCraft, too, was another, you know... Um, place where Korean gaming boomed and that's where you're seeing a lot of that tie-ins to nowadays with a lot of Asian competitive players. Yep. There's a big culture of that gaming system or the gaming style over there. Um, and so it was just was never, never caught on over here or either wasn't released or it just wasn't popular because it was overshadowed by right. you know world of Warcraft um, and being free to play. A lot of these games that were developed over there developed larger audiences, especially in places all around the world that couldn't afford it, you know, in Latin America and things like that, that it, you know, was just there. It was available. So you give it a lot of huge, huge audiences. Um, and so it was a very PC-centered culture over there in Asia for a very long time. Um, in Oh, well, sorry, in Korea, because in Japan, Internet wasn't very good by then, which is why Japan focused on consoles. Right. right. Japan's Internet was not good in the in the in the 90s and so they went and that's where sega became big so you're seeing a a pc culture in korea and a gaming console culture in japan yeah and it it was it was interesting so i think world of warcraft kind of helped move along that that kind of live so like rpgs up until that point mostly had been turn-based we talked about like runescape and all that yeah world of warcraft comes out really kind of popularizes that that kind of the RTS style MMO well, game, well, like where it's the real time, well, like the live, yeah, not, not, I wouldn't say RTS because that was more like StarCraft, Warcraft. That's fair, um, yeah. But like a live RPG where you can run around, you can hit things, um, really get the strategy involved. And I know we're we're probably gonna skip a lot on the timeline because I mean Warcraft had ruled and is still ruling. That yeah, it's space, still going on uh, over fifteen years later. Um, and there's just a lot of other people trying different things probably the biggest one i can think of as of late 
has to be No Man's Sky. And a huge undertaking. Oh, boy. For sure. And I will say this. No Man's Sky gets a lot of crap. And rightfully so. Because they really made a lot of promises for the launch of the game that they flat out did not follow through on. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, got to give credit where credit is due. Almost everything, if not everything that they promised that was not originally in the game is now in the game thanks to constant updating, constant patches, and a development, a development team that is really stuck behind what they said they wanted to do, and they, they clearly just needed more time. And the game turned out to be pretty solid. So Yeah, for a game that was launched, uh, just unveiled yeah. in 2013, just being this bright, technicolor, alien... This massive, utterly massive universe where you and a buddy could start on totally opposite ends and finally somehow work your way together to meet up at some random system. Right. And it was procedural, which I believe mm -hmm. it wasn't finite. It was procedural. The, everything was procedural. Yep. And it was, the sheer volume was absurd. With It was uh, um, uh, teased with a terraforming tool. You could have, you could build bases. You could see, you could fly your ship around the planet. You could leave the planet, go to different systems. Mm -hmm. All that. It launched with just about none of that. Pretty much. It was, it, they even said it had multiplayer, which it was proven at launch it didn't even so have multiplayer. I consider No Man's Sky to be an outlier. Uh, it is not, I don't consider it a true MMO, uh, mainly because there are ways to interact with other players, but they even didn't, they didn't really even market it as an MMO. Sure, there is, it's, it's massive. You can play with other players and it's online. Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't have a lot of those distinct features like the microtransactions and the subscription and that kind of thing. And it is, you know, that's so, true, which makes it cool. So that's why it's kind of an outlier in that sense. But it is, I consider it sort of the, the you know, sort of the, the, the start of the future of the with it. Uh, and if you've ever played like Journey, uh, Journey is also the same thing where it's multiplayer, but occasionally a player will pop in and help you through something and then it'll pop out. So you're starting to see, you know, that's, that's one tendril. There are, there are three really distinct tendrils of MMOs that, that go through and that we can tie to nowadays. And so the first one is the looter shooter. Mm -hmm. And those have been around for a while and our biggest will continue to be around and our new, you know, you have ones that and the looter shooter really has developed into things like borderlands, mm -hmm. very much looter shooter, destiny, looter shooter. Oh yeah. Um, but you're also seeing the expansion of looter shooters into the, um, free for all styles of PUBG and yep. yeah, the battle Royales. Yep. So the looter shooter really has started to develop into games like that. But what you're seeing with, the change over time is that looter shooters along with all the, you know, the other two tendrils are, are being smart about how they make money because you've got just one flat basis of the game. You're not reinventing the game every single time. Now, mm -hmm. essentially you're uh, gone are the days of sequels with this kind of stuff. There's not going to be a PUBG two. Nope. There's not going to be a Fortnite two. Um, it's just going to be, Hey, here's a new map. Here's new content. And it's right. smart because the basis is already there. You just flip things up and they put value in the items you get in game. Right. And these valuable items become worth real life currency. And they do it to, on another level too, where most of those types of games nowadays are free. Right. The games themselves are free to play. 
And they make their money off of the in-game purchases, the microtransactions and all of that stuff. Yep. And they, and you know, they, they hook you in and you want, you know, the, the different skins and the different powers, but even with ones that you have to pay, well, not anymore for destiny, right. but you used to, they get you hooked and then charge you $30 for every single expansion. And we go, yes, please. Yep. I'll take another one. Thank you. Yep. Three a year, you yeah. know, um, or buy the season pass. Um, so that looter shooter has been really popular. Um, and I'd still say my, you know, I, I've lost hundreds and hundreds of hours to destiny, but borderlands I still think is, is one of the tops. It's a special game. So absolutely, yeah, I'd say borderlands, certainly a looter shooter, probably one of the first to do it, at least certainly do it well. Um, certainly not an MMO. No, Borderlands. You're, no. Yeah, you're at, no. at most you're playing with. No, like that's three, a four that's a couch co-op almost. No, when it yeah. comes to looter shooters, you know that's it. But when it comes to MMO ones like that, you, it's become battle royale. You know, and or it, it's been like Destiny, where you have the lobby area and you go out with a party and you go do your loot. And true. Shoot. I mean, Destiny again is also its own animal because when you look at MMO looter shooters, you know you're looking at and you think about you know, what battle royale has become. Destiny is is different in the sense that it's incorporating so many different elements of story. Sorry, story. Oh, God. They're doing it better now than they did. But oh, they've, they left themselves open to different, you know, because their system is so vast, you can go explore different systems. You can, they can take the same three main enemies, four main enemies, mm-hmm. reskin them, re-release them, you know, and they keep you coming back. And I've, I've, was thinking a lot about the appeal of something like Destiny. Why do I keep going back? Why do I put it down for six or seven months? Something new comes out, and I've got 40 hours lost in two weeks. Yep. And that's just because it's one of those things where when you come back, you miss the action. You remember all the, the fun times you had, all the close calls. And-, and and not only does, you know, so if a strike gets repetitive, you go play Gambit. If a Gambit right. gets repetitive, you go play Crucible. If a Crucible gets repetitive, oh, it's the Iron Banner is out. And so they just keep you jumping. There's always stuff to do. And I'd say at the very base level, um, especially with Destiny, Bungie knows how to make just such a fundamentally solid shooter. They do. It's always been fun to play, fun to run around, fun to shoot things, fun to do all of that from the jump. Sometimes the story can get a little gone. Uh, sometimes the the missions can be repetitive. But at no point do you ever just like run around and go, ah, it's too slow or it's too clanky or it's too no. jump. Like, no, they they do the combat and what 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 is engaging you in playing the game, combat, environment, um, mobility, all of your character, everything that you work so hard for. Right. And they do the looting and shooting really well as well because they also have the exotic system. So they give you something for those people who are really looking for the rare, mm-hmm. the hard-to-find stuff, the stuff you have to work for. They, they cater to all markets, the solo player, everything, with the exception of strikes. And even on some strikes, you can run solo. You don't need a party. It's just more fun if you have a party. And they cater to the party players as well. And with all the different game modes, uh, P- PvP, PvE, all kinds of stuff. It's, you're right. It is a class all on its own. But it's, it's way up there, and they've expanded on M- what MMOs started and kind of made their own little thing, and they did it really well. Right. Um, and so that's, yes, yeah, so that's, that's that main branch. The other branch is the building your own world, which started with Habitat and has really developed into Minecraft. 
yeah. what Minecraft yeah. is, uh, Roblox. Um, oh God, Roblox. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have you know, all, but all those are again MMOs, but that have completely taken a different path in just becoming built, right? Building places, creativity. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? You could do anything. Yeah, and um, you know, so gone. <laughs> Gone are the days when I just have to hang around in Club Penguin talking to all these dudes in a chat. <laughs> I can actually go out with friends and build a cathedral. Listen, sure can. You talk to me when you're doing a neg hunt and Neopets all afternoon, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just the, the creative, the building, the Minecraft, the Roblox. I mean, has anything... I feel like there's something else there, but man, has Minecraft just squashed it out of existence. Well, because the Minecraft also kind of branches like just a little tiny aspect of it uh clue tears or tears pulls on another tendril of um mmo and that's the survival aspect which has really become super popular um minecraft introduced that early on and that you've seen you see that in so many other places now uh like um uh conan which is super popular uh, Rust, super popular, and multiple other games like that. Rust so. has been around for a long time, too. Oh, yeah. Because um, that was right around, I know it started getting popular right around, like, DayZ. Yeah, DayZ like, is another one. Which People was love that initially game. Initially launched as a mod to Arma 2, 3. Arma 3, I think. Which was Because Arma, in and of itself, from what I recall, not very fun. But I never played very, it. But very, very realistic. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, these these building your own virtual worlds has changed because originally it was Second Life was it. Oh, God. I mean, there was a time when Second Life was just incredibly huge, and it was it was an ability to escape and become somebody else and create a world around you. And it's shifted so that there is that social element, but they're adding more, because our attention spans are getting shorter, mm-hmm. um, and th- that ability to be creative. And so you have, you know, that that portion of it. But, yeah, that coming together and... Uh, the survival is another branch of that, and then another branch of that is sort of your traditional MMORPG, your yeah. Elder Scrolls Online, your yep. Final Fan. So Final Fantasy XI was really what kickstarted the Final Fantasy side, but Final Fantasy XIV is excellent, and Final Fantasy XIV again gives you a free-to-play option. You can pay for more experience if you you know pay monthly and get more experience and extra stuff. Um, but they also just keep popping out expansions. Elder Scrolls Online also excellent, free-to-play keeps popping out expansions. So there's a little, it's sort of branching out into a little bit for everybody of all ages, of all styles of player, of all interest. Right. And so you've got these, a lot of these forks that are, that are branching out, which is still why like No Man's Sky is out here. It's not, it's not a particular branch. I mean, it's, it's again, it's a little survival. It's made its own little thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a little, little survival, but little survival, little almost creative, like building and stuff. Cause Anyone I recommend just go to like the No Man's Sky subreddit, or just look up the bases because good lord, yeah, what they, people have made they get pretty intense, right? Insane, but like so, No Man's Sky is just it car it ooh it was rough, but it slowly but surely carved out its own niche in kind of the middle of the MMO space. Yeah, it exists in a plane all of its own, but it's not it maybe not maybe might not be an MMO in the traditional sense, but it is it's its own thing and it's. It's online, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and I'd say I, I, I'd i say as far as No Man's Sky, and it's, it's weird to put this one in there, but probably one of my favorites as far as how they handle everything, uh, Sea of Thieves. 
Sea of Thieves is fantastic. It's been really but good. Sea for of the Thieves jump. is also kind of in the same vein as No Man's Sky. Right. It's it's yeah. it's weird to put them together because they are nothing alike. Not even remotely. But in this grand scheme of things, they're much closer to each other than they are to anything else. Because with Sea of Thieves, the original game, it was fairly simple, but the the way you did everything, like the mechanics of the game, is what made that game so much fun. Right. Sailing the ship and, and digging up the treasure, fighting skeletons and all this and that. And just another example of how games have changed uh, here in, in the current environment we're in now with video games where gone are the days of the sequels. It's just new content, which is what Microsoft and Rare have done with Sea of Thieves. Well, I'm glad that it's it's they're not like the old ones. I mean, can you imagine just thousands of ships in the ocean all at oh once? It would God. be a nightmare. It'd be absurd. But what's nice about Sea of Thieves, again, the talk about something that didn't really, you know, kind of quelled after a while. Sure, yeah. But its niche community created, you know, its own um, signals and mm-hmm. codes and sort of the unwritten laws of the ocean and that kind of thing where if you didn't obey them, you're out. Yep. You know, they're sort of a... Of a, of a Code of pirates, as you were. Yeah. But again, it's it's Yar. another again a night you know a, a, an example of that bubble community coming together, creating you know their own rules and and learning how to coexist, but still have fun. And something that talk about so simple that rare just had to make an ocean, populate with a bunch of islands, and boom, and you give go. you a ship, and it's like, hey, it's not just push forward and go. You got to do stuff to make this go. You have to. Uh, you have to you, sail a ship, right? It's it's as it's as complicated as it can be while still being fun for the casual player, right? And it's they 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 gave it the right level of complexity to mm-hmm. make everything happen, but still simple enough where you can learn it super fast, and yeah. you can do it confidently on your own. My favorite part, hands down, is the fact that if you start playing today, you will have the same level of equipment. As someone who started playing at launch two years ago, right? The they have cosmetic stuff, yep. And you can spend real money to buy the cosmetic stuff if you want, uh, but you will never get an advantage ever. Not, it's not, just cosmetic. You just gotta play because there's no all the ammo, the gun, well, the weapons. You all you have access to all of them. They all perform right from the start, exactly the same. And aside from that, you just got to go find ammo, find other throwables, mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. You Your ship is always as good as it's going to get. Your repair equipment, uh, your grog mug, yep. always the same. <laughs> your banjo. Um, yeah, and there's just so many, so many things that are added into that game that are just fun. And I think along that aspect when it comes to uh, getting a competitive advantage – when you're you're paying money towards the developer or whatever, um, we've seen for a brief period we saw that come up in a lot with just online games in general, and it did get quelled out pretty quickly. But I don't think that that's ever really been something that's been an issue. It's existed in MMORPGs for you know for a while. At least I know in RuneScape it did, where you you if you were a a paid member. You got access to just different skills that you could learn, and right. some of them you could use to affect other players and whatnot. Um, but it was never a problem because it's not like there was a way. It's not like you got a god ability. Right. It was an ability that could very easily be counteracted by something that a non-paying member had access to. So, 
in a sense where everybody's on equal footing, regardless, is is solid, and it's nice to see that stuff happening. No Man's Sky is a good example. I know mm-hmm. we've covered it. it's on its own spectrum. Um, but it's the same thing. You're not going to get anything extra. In fact, I don't think you can buy anything extra in the game, now that I think about it. World of Warcraft? No, No Man's Sky. Oh, oh yeah. World of Warcraft, no, you absolutely can. Uh, no Man's Sky, there. I know... I'm not sure if there even is now, but I know there were there were talks about they wanted uh, to, but boy, that that would have not been very good for PR. <laughs> no, and I, I think even then, uh, yeah, I don't know if it even still has no microtransactions. No Man's Sky, because I know in Sea of Thieves it does. You could buy pets and no, stuff. No, it, it doesn't. No Man's Sky does not. I thought there was there were rumors and there was like speculation that you could buy like premium currency, but still, nope. After years of it coming out, still. Because that was day. a 2018 or yeah, 2016. Yeah, it came out. Yeah, yeah, it came out four years ago. Still no microtransactions and the updates are free. Yep, which is mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I believe we're coming to the end here, mm-hmm. as all things must end. Except Destiny, because Jesus. That shit just goes on forever. (laughs) And World of Warcraft. So I'm going to give you the top 10 MMOs, most popular MMOs, according to Mm MMOpopulation.com. So it it tracks it actually hourly, it tracks growth, all that kind of stuff. So number one. All right. World of Warcraft. Yep. I'm not surprised by that. Actually, I'm a a little surprised that EVE Online doesn't uh, top it out, but I mean, I'm not. EVE Online is 14th. Jesus, okay. Well, is this only tracking U.S. or globally? Good question. No idea. Yeah. I feel like it would be U.S. only if EVE Online is number 14. <laughs> Are you checking? Yeah, I just deflated my fucking sales, you prick. Sorry, but let's be accurate, right? <laughs> globally. This is globally. Wow. Really? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Fuck. So, so if, if you're looking at in terms of, um, you know, the, the top, even the top in 2020, the most active players, Eve isn't even in the top 10. Wow. So what's, what, what do we got? What, what's the rest going on? What's number two? Destiny 2. Really? Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's keep in mind. They just launched I was gonna say, Beyond Light today. And, and, and this is tracking Game Pass by the hour. Is probably Well, with it being free to play now. Right. Yeah. It's been free to play for a little while, so Yep. So um if you're gonna go with let's go with the top played. The top played. Yeah, right. the the estimated subscriber counts and player counts, instead of being super updated, we'll go old school. Uh with as much data as we can get. Number one. World of Warcraft. Still not surprised. Yep, not Number two, old school RuneScape. Not yeah, a surprise. Not a surprise. Yeah. 28.67 million total players, just under 2 million active players. Especially because they just launched the mobile app. For old school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Old school Number RuneScape. three, Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Not a surprise either. Yeah, I'm not okay. too surprised by All the time that. I spent on there, there are people everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Number four, Destiny 2. 29.74 million total players. I'm still surprised that it's it's still in the top five. I, I think it's just because it's on everything. That's true. And it is it is free to play now. So right. Number five, World of Warcraft Classic. Didn't realize there was a difference. <laughs> I didn't either. No. Man, they got two spots for the same game. Son number six, bitch. RuneScape. So did they. God damn it. Well, <laughs> it's good, though, you yep. know. Number seven, Elder Scrolls Online. 
Yeah, I'm not too surprised. That game yeah. was super popular. 16.65 million total players. How updated are these numbers? Well, this is the total. Today. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Black Desert Online. Yeah, I've heard I've good things. I've never heard of that Egg. one. I've heard good things about that one. Number yeah. nine, Star Citizen. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yep. And number 10, Guild Wars 2. Still kicking wow. it. Wow. Not surprised at Guild Wars. That was a That's a cult classic. That's Honorable mentions die. at 12, EVE Online. At right. 14, right. yeah. Roblox. At Fuck 15, Roblox. Star Wars The Old Republic. Good for the old. That's not I'm even, saying. Like, dude, that game is great. <laughs> 17, Fantasy Star Online 2. Woof. Wow. It's old. Yeah. Well, yeah, I bet. Fantasy Star is, but. Uh, 28, Final Fantasy 11. Still has really? 50,000. Yep. 50,000 active players. Right behind it is Lord of the Rings Online, which still has almost 40,000 active players. Cities of Hero, City of Heroes still has 25,000. I thought they closed the servers they down. They did, but someone has kept a server you know, hidden and active ever since really? then. There's an underground community of Were they City just, of Heroes the, players. The nice. source code went open source, and they just started up a server? Someone got it, and they started up a server, and they have 25,000 active users. Yeah, Good for them. Which is, which is really cool. And I have a lot of friends that still, that still play it. Um, and number 66, Rift. Huh. I've never played 4,000 active players. Jesus. So Fantasy Star Online from 2000 has double the active players. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, that's it. So MMOs are here and they are definitely diverse and not going anywhere. And I'm going to get off of this immediately and go play Destiny 2. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're only getting better. So uh, in standard fashion, Greg, in, in one MMO. Rift. Eve Online. Density. Bye.